Welcome to the Every Nation Dorado Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message. Today we're going to continue with our Christmas series, which is called Hawk. Uh, last week, Pastor Caroline and the team started off by looking at the life of Zechariah and Elizabeth, basically looking at Hawk and Believe. And it's really about just the Christmas story and what it is that God is doing when he sends out his angel to speak to different individuals coming with a message and their response to that message. And also how that could translate into how we respond to God when he, not only when he's giving us the message of Christmas, but when he speaks about stuff in our own lives. So we're going to continue this morning and we're going to look at Hark and Trust, the story of Mary. The story of Mary is really a story of trusting God. And so um, we, we're going to read the passage from Luke 1 onwards. Um, let me just find my passage. Luke 1 from verse 26 all the way to 38. So let's just open up and pray. Father, we want to thank you so much for your presence in this place. We want to thank you for being God of our lives. We want to thank you for what you want to do this morning, Lord. And therefore, we just say, God, will you just come and have your way in our midst? Come and touch every single heart here. Come and bring um, greater revelation, better perspective of who you are in our lives and how you want us to respond to your message and your call, oh, Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you. Amen. 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 So I'm going to read from... Luke 1, verse 26, and you can follow with me on the screen. It says, in the sixth month, the angel Gabriel was sent from God to a city of Galilee named Nazareth. Okay? <laughs> Are those like Christmas lights? <laughs> okay, this named Nazareth. To a virgin betrothed, or engaged, to a man whose name was Joseph of the house of David. And the virgin's name was Mary. And he came to her and said, Greetings, O favored one. The Lord is with you. But she was greatly troubled at the saying and tried to discern what sort of greeting this might be. And the angel said to her, Do not be afraid, Mary, for you have found favor with God. And behold, you will conceive in your womb and bear a son. And you shall call his name Jesus. He will be great and will be called the Son of the Most High. And the Lord God will give to him the throne of his father, David. And he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. And of his kingdom, there will be no end. And Mary said to the angel, how will this be since I am a virgin? And the angel answered her, the Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the Most High will overshadow you. Therefore, the child to be born will be called Holy, the Son of God. And behold, your relative Elizabeth, in her old age, has also conceived a son. And this is the sixth month with her who was called barren, for nothing will be impossible with God. And Mary said, Behold, I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. And the angel departed from her. 
What a powerful passage. Yeah? Last week, we looked at the angel appearing to Zechariah, telling him that your wife is going uh, to uh, give birth to a son. And she's thinking, oh my, I mean, he's thinking, oh my goodness, uh, we are so old now and we don't even know how this is going to happen. And he even questions, how do I know that what you're telling me is real? And so now the same angel appears six months later to Mary in a small town of Nazareth. Okay? So this town is so insignificant. It's really small. Not many people know about it. In fact, one of the disciples were even saying, what good can come out of Nazareth? Okay? Because it, it's one of those towns that people just pass by and, you know, maybe like if we had to look in Namibia, I don't know, maybe Hobabas or there's, there's only one traffic light. You know, is, is there anyone from Hobabas here? Okay. Okay. Good things can come from Hobabas. Okay. So the, you can relate to the story. Yeah. God, God looked at an insignificant town called Nazareth in Galilee. Okay. The province of Galilee. Galilee. And he meets this young lady called Mary. The angel appears to her and says, you are favored, Mary. Yeah? And explains to her how she's going to give birth to the Messiah. She's going to give birth to the Messiah. And this is so amazing because Mary was engaged to get married. She was just going to live a normal life with Prince Charming. She met the man of her dreams and she was getting ready. And that time engagement could be like a whole year. She's getting ready. And, and in that year, while you're getting ready to get married, you're, you're preparing yourself. You're making curtains for your home. You're fixing things, you know, waiting for the day to get married. Yeah. And she just thought she's going to get married to her Prince Charming and she's going to live a normal, awesome life. Isn't that so, Johanna? Yeah. So much excitement. She had no idea that something big is about to take place. And enters the angel of the Lord and interrupts this whole normal thought that she had, that she's going to have a normal life, and turns it into something extraordinary. See, God is always looking for normal people to do something extraordinary through. As you're living your life, going about your everyday things, planning about where you're going to go, how you're going to study, what you're going to do. It, it can be so simple just based on what it is, um, uh, like how things happen in the world and, 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 and what it is that you've set out in your own mind. But be prepared for your plans to be interrupted by God because God is so much bigger and he thinks so much bigger than we do. You see, in our capacity, we're just thinking, what are the things that are possible that can be done? Yeah? But God is thinking, how can I do something extraordinary out of this person? You know, even before you were born, God had already prepared you for extraordinary works. So Mary may just have been living her life, but she doesn't know that the prophecy that was prophesied in Genesis 3 verse 15, 3 verse 15, where God was speaking to, to Eve and the serpent, and saying there will be enmity between your seed 
and the seed of the serpent. He will strike your heel, but your seed will crush his head. Okay? It was through this, this whole prophecy, just going through the whole Bible, even the verse that Tieni was reading this morning about unto us a child is, is born. He was prophesying the future, prophesying this child that is coming. And only now it is about to take place in the small town of Nazareth. So there are plans that God has planned for us way before we were born. Prophecies that probably even came to your great-grandmother about what's going to happen in her line that you may not know about. Destinies that are locked up, yeah, that are about to come forth and shine through. And here God speaks to Mary. And, 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 and it's so amazing. When we look at Mary, there's nothing special about her. During her time, there were royal uh, women, queens. No? Harold's wife was there. All these other people no? that, that probably could have been a better candidate to birth the Messiah. But here God comes to a peasant girl. Nothing special about her. A young virgin, no? and in those days, about 12, 14, maybe 16. Yeah? So Mary was a teenager. She wasn't this old lady that we see on the movies when we watch The Passion of the Christ and all the other movies where she's birthing the child and it's this 36-year-old uh, woman. No, this was a young, a young teenager. Yeah? <laughs> it was a teenager 14 year old probably that the angel appeared to and said you are favored a peasant girl working class probably with rough hands from all the work outside dark skinned from burning in the sun as she's doing her work nothing special about her yeah and here God appears to her and say you are going to birth the Messiah isn't that beautiful? This should show us that nobody can sit here today and say, but God will never use me. Nobody. God wants to use every single person. If you end up not fulfilling your plan or living out what God has called you to, it's because you decided in your heart that I'm not good enough. Not because God didn't want to do it through you. So he appears to this peasant girl. And there she is. We know that the Messiah had to come through the line of David. Yeah? But when we look at Mary, there was nothing special about her. So that we can't say, yeah, but only if you are royalty, then the Lord will use you. Only if you know. Yeah. And as we're looking at that, we can see that the first thing that Mary experienced there was the favor of God. God gives favor. And especially now, after the death of Jesus Christ, we are the favored of God. Every single person that accepts Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior becomes favored. Not on merit of what you do. You know, this Christmas time, people are like, whoo, the naughty and, and, and nice list. Yeah? Even with our kids, we train them to perform. Yeah? If you've been good this year, you're going to get that bicycle. Yeah? If you are a good boy, Santa is going to give you a gift. But if you're a bad person, guess what? You're not getting any gifts this Christmas. You're not going to get the bicycle, but I'm going to buy you the small truck or something like that. 
yeah, we are being taught, we're, we're constantly being conditioned that the way you'll be favored, the way your parents will delight in you and approve of you is how good you do. Yeah? But here we see that God delights in us simply because of who he is. Simply because of the fact that he's created us. Simply because he is a good God and he wants us to know that we have his approval. So there was nothing special about Mary. But we honor her because she was favored of God and she was the woman that God entrusted to bring the Messiah through into this world. But because there's nothing special about her, she's just a person like you and I, we don't worship her. So we don't have to go and say, oh, blessed Mary, you birthed the Messiah. She wasn't divinity. She, I mean, she, she, she wasn't a God or anything like that. Just a normal human being that God chose to birth the Messiah through. How powerful is that? Normal people, extraordinary things. Extraordinary things. Just God showing up and saying, you are blessed. Your favorite. So Mary was really favored of God. And, and this morning, even as I was reading through this, I really sensed the Lord wanting to remind us that we are favored of him. Yeah? He favors us this morning. So don't ever look at yourself. Going into this Christmas season, just know that you're favored by God. It doesn't, have, it doesn't matter what happened this year, how things look like coming to the end of the year as you're reflecting Throughout what has been happening, remember that God approves of you as a child of God. Okay? Now, this doesn't mean that, oh, I'm approved of God, therefore I don't need to seek Him. I don't need to live my life the way He says I must. No, no. That's, that's not what it means. It just means that He doesn't approve us of, of us on merit of what we do, but on merit of what His Son did for us. Okay? And so we receive that righteousness. We receive what Jesus has done for us, and we live from that place. Okay, so, um, yeah, the angel appears to Mary and even tells her that even your, your, your relative is expecting, you know. And it's just, it's just amazing because Mary is here looking and thinking, okay, this really sounds great. I am favored of God. God is, has sent an angel to me. Initially, she was troubled, but the way the angel spoke to her brought peace into her spirit. Yeah. And then she looks at a situation after hearing everything, and she asks, but how will this be? Okay. First of all, I'm engaged to get married. And it's only good, probably going to be a year from now. Yeah? And I'm a virgin. So how am I going to conceive this child that you're talking about? So there were questions that Mary had in her head. Yeah? How many of us got prophetic words or a, a dream or a sense that there is something that God is calling us to? But we're looking at where we're at now and we're thinking, but how will this be. How? How is this going to happen? I am in this situation where I'm now and looking at where the dream is or what needs to happen is so big that I don't even think it's going to be possible. How will this be? Is Mary's question. 
Because I'm sure she was thinking, okay, does this mean it's going to happen after Joseph and I get married? Because only then we would have done the deed. Or does this mean that we actually have to do it now so that I fall pregnant and then the Messiah comes, right? So there were all these questions that were, that were going through her head. She, she wants to know how this is going to happen. And you know, in, in those times, if you are engaged to get married... You have to stay pure. Even now, this is the standard for Christians. Yeah? But we are surrounded by a world where it's like, oh, we're going to get married anyway. So, you know, we might as well, you know, just taste a bit before we get married. I mean, the standard is so low nowadays. But in those days, if you were engaged, you better keep yourself pure until you get married. And now this woman is engaged to Joseph who had absolutely no intentions of touching her before she got married. So if she had to fall pregnant now, it's gonna be, there's going to be a whole lot of danger. Okay, 14 year old, called by God and trusted with the task of bringing the Messiah into the world. Living a life of purity and questioning how this will be. What do we teach our 14-year-olds nowadays? Hmm? The the 14-year-olds were the young adults in those days. Nowadays, when you start working after high school, then we call you a a young adult. Now you're mature, you're ready to get married. But in those days, 12, 14, young adult. You are getting ready, prepared. You are, being, you are seen as a young woman. Yeah? But it's funny how nowadays we, we, we say, no, these are young kids. They, 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 you know, teenagers, they're so irresponsible. And this is how we've labeled them. But in those days, they were being taught responsibility. So now we're saying, no, they're so irresponsible. Let's not give them responsibility. They're rebellious. They're all this. But they're doing things that adults do. But in those days, they were being taught and they were being prepared. So that by the time they came into these teenage years, they know, okay, I need to take good care of myself now. And I need to be ready to get married. So this is what was happening here. So how will this be? (laughs) Lord, tell me. And then the the, the, the angel speaks to her. uh, and, and, And the angel speaks to her and says, that it's going to happen by the Holy Spirit. Yeah? This is not a work of the flesh. The dreams that God has given you is not a work of the flesh. The plan and purpose that God has for you is not a work of the flesh. So yes, God will call us and will say, do this, do that, do that. But it's not the work of the flesh, but it's the work of the uh, Spirit so that no man may take glory for themselves. So that we can look and say, if it was not for God on my side, this would not have been possible. All I need to do is trust God and allow him to lead me and all things will work out for my good. Okay? So this was going to be something of the Spirit. The only requirement that God needed from Mary was that she was a virgin. Unmarried, so that nobody will come with other stories. Yeah? But the same thing 
will still bring stories. <laughs> Isn't it? Because now people were going to say, but is, was it really, is it really, oh. huh? first of all, Joseph, yeah, that's why the angel had to come to and appear to Joseph, yeah? Because it's at a later stage when we read the Christmas message, um, story, we'll find out then Joseph was planning to send her away secretly after he discovered. Yeah? But the angel had to appear to Joseph and say, this is the work of the Lord. Okay? So what are some of the things that she could have um, been struggling with or the, the things that would come out of this? The first thing is the manner in which the, the Messiah would be conceived obviously would be a work of the Spirit, and it will be questionable. Yeah, So she would have to face the people's questions. And, be, and they will, they, she will be ridiculed by people. Yeah? Like, is it really? Just put yourself in, in the shoes of Mary. Yeah? There was no virgin birth at all. And guess what? There will never be. Never be another virgin birth ever. So if anyone comes back to you and say, oh, I'm pregnant by the Spirit. The Lord has shown me I'm carrying like a spiritual child or angel child. No, it only happened once. And that was Jesus Christ that was being born. Okay. So now people will be questioning, was it really the Spirit of God? Or were these kids being naughty? Were these kids, it, it, what was Joseph and Mary up to? Yeah, that would be the first thing. <laughs> and then the next thing is also the weight and the responsibility of just of bringing the Messiah in the world. I mean, I've got a baby, yeah? Most of you know. She's four months old now. Um, and you know, the weight and responsibility of taking care of that baby is like, oh my word. You are so careful. You don't want to make any mistake that will lead you to dropping her or doing something dangerous as a mother. So now imagine being told this is the Messiah of the whole world. <laughs> hmm? the, you are going to birth the Messiah. She had to be careful. Yeah? Very careful with this baby, very careful with this pregnancy, very careful to take care of it. But at the same time, she had to be able to trust God. You know, because if God said it, he will make sure that this baby is protected. Yeah? And that is the same thing with the dreams and the passions that God has placed in our hearts. Yeah? We don't play around with our call. We don't play around with things that God has entrusted us to. Yeah? But at the same time, it's not something that we have to toil and wrestle for. We rest in God knowing that he who is promised is faithful. And he will teach us, he will guide us, and he will show us how to make this thing happen. He really will. So as we're sitting here and we're thinking, we're looking at Mary, she needed to trust God that this will work out. She needed to trust God that it doesn't matter what people say. I know that God has chosen me for this task. And I know that people will, are going to say things. They're going to look at me funny. But I'm going to have to be strong 
and I'm going to have to trust God. Have you ever, some of us, you may have has shared your dreams with some people. Yeah? What do you want to do next year? What do you want to do in the future? What you sense God has called you to do? And people will be like, huh? Really? Yeah, okay. <laughs> you are dreaming big here, my friend. Yes. Dream big because God is a big God. He's not wait, looking for small dreams here that we can make happen on our own. Yeah. So sometimes we, we share things like that and, and it's like, huh? especially the family. Hmm? They will be like, huh? okay, <laughs> we'll see. But you need to trust that the God that has spoken to you, who has entrusted you with the call that he has given you, will make sure that it comes to fruition. And when it does, you can look back and say, God is an amazing God. Don't let it come to pass. And then you're like, yeah, you see, you know, because some people forget. <laughs> they forget the struggles. They forget the pain. They forget what they went through to get to where they are today. That it was the hand of God upon their lives. And then they, 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 get, they come into this boasting thing. Yeah? Forgetting the nights when you were crying. <laughs> Saying, oh Lord, come through. Even making deals with the Lord. If you come through now, I will. And God is like, what is your issue? I am going to come through. <laughs> Just put your hope and your faith in me. Yeah? So... These are the things that, that Mary was going to go through. And, and the angel of the Lord had to tell her that nothing is impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible with God. Nothing will be impossible to him who believes. Yeah? God has given us favor. He really has. And as he's given us favor, he wants us to know that he is the one who upholds our future. There's nothing, like, you know, sometimes we, it doesn't mean that we're just going to lie down and relax and let God do everything, yeah? But we need to know, to have the hope in God, knowing that he is the one who will make our future come to, together. Amen. Are you with me? Yeah. So, Mary... In everything that she heard, she just thought, you know what? I've got these questions, and this is what you've told me. And she understood what the price would look like. And she said, what did she say? I want to read it, actually. Out of that place of trust. And Mary said, behold... I am the servant of the Lord. Let it be to me according to your word. That is all that Mary said. Now that you've answered my question that I may have, I am the servant of the Lord. May it be unto me according to your word. She wasn't making deals with the Lord, you know, saying, yeah, first wait until I finish my degree, then work for two years, then we can. First, wait, and no. It, that, that is not how things were going here. She just said, let it be. So you can see, this is total trust in God. And when somebody trusts God completely, 
it is easy for them to be obedient to God. And next week, we're going to look at the blessing of obedience. Yeah? We're going to look at the life of Joseph and how he had to be obedient. So when we trust God, we can be fully obedient to him. But it's when there is a piece of suspicion where we are like, yeah, God said this, but it's taking a bit long, so let me just do my thing. Ne? Like when he promised Abraham, you're going to have a son. And it was taking longer than expected. And then they were like, okay, maybe this son, maybe our works are not sufficient enough. Huh? Sarah is like, maybe our works are not good enough. Come, here's my, my servant. Hmm? Have some action there. Maybe this is how our, our son is going to come. No. She just had to say, okay, God, I trust you. Completely. And this is what the, our attitude should be like. When God is speaking to us. You know, we've been busy with a lot of things this year. Personally, in our own personal lives. Corporately as a church. But only you know where your relationship with God is. And you know the things that God has been speaking to you about. And we need to trust that when God highlights those things. That if we do what he says. It's bringing us closer to where he needs us to be, to the life we need to live out for him. So as God is saying, break off that relationship, it is not adding value to your life. It's pulling you further into darkness. Be quick to say, yes, Lord. If God has been saying, stop playing that game, yeah? it's eating away a lot of your time, time that you can spend in the, in the word, time that you can lie on your bed and think creatively about things that can be done, in your life and in this nation, it is eating at you. We need to be quick to say, God, I can hear you. I hear what your spirit is saying. I'm going to be quick to respond. When God is saying, quit whatever it is that we're doing in our own personal lives. Yeah? You don't want to enter 2019 with the same issues that you've been going through this year. The Lord has been speaking, and he's been speaking, and he's been speaking, and he's been speaking, and you're like, I hear you, but. Yeah. We are just going to be dragging behind. So we need to have this attitude of Mary, yeah. who was able to say, God, I don't understand how this is going to happen. You said it. I am your servant. You're speaking to me. You're God and I'm not. I am willing to give my life for what you're saying. So when God is directing us in our workplaces, speak to that person. Your, your, your reputation might be at line. Go back to your family this December. Preach to them the gospel. Speak to that aunt you haven't spoken to in years. Even if you're scared. But that's the lady who does witchcraft. Forget about the witchcraft. You've got the power of Jesus in your life. Bring Jesus to her. Yeah? So we really need to trust God. We need to trust him in everything that he says. We need to allow him to be the God that leads us. Total surrender. And sometimes it is hard. But it's the only way we can live this life that he's called us to. I mean, if God holds the future, he knows what's going to happen. He really knows what's going to happen. So if we trust him, it will 
He will pro first of all, he will provide for where we're at and where we're going, and he will protect us in the situation. I mean, when, when Jesus was born, Herod wanted to kill him. Yeah? And God had to direct Joseph, don't go to, to that land, go in this way. And that's the same with us. When we trust him with our future and we trust him with what he's called us to, to he will give us direction and he will give us provision. But if we're doing our own thing, guess who will give us direction? The devil. And where will he direct us to? Destruction. He's only interested in one thing, and that's death. Okay? He just wants us to, to go on the path of destruction. But that's not what God wants for us. Amen? So Mary had to say, I trust you completely, and I'm allowing you to come into my life and take control of it. Proverbs 3, verse 5 to 6. As you can see, the story ends beautifully with baby Jesus being born. Okay? Trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, submit to him. Yeah? Other versions say acknowledge him. Submit to him. I like that, that version because it's talking about our heart attitude towards God. Submit to him and he, he will make your path straight. Do you feel like your path is crooked today? Is it going in all sorts of directions? Then you are here, then you are there, then you are, you know? If we trust God, he will make our path straight. Yeah. And we need to start today. So friends, the story of Mary is a story about trust. And it ends beautifully with God taking this normal person and doing something extraordinary out of our life. Out of all the hospitals that God could have chosen. I mean, out of all the women that God could have chosen in the world. <laughs> it, it's still coming. It's going somewhere. I just, I just lost the first line. Yeah? I just lost the first line. Just listen. Out of all the women God could have chosen, he chose a peasant girl in Nazareth. Out of all the hospitals that God could have chosen, for his son to be born, he chose a stable. No? He chose a stable. And out of all the witnesses that he would have loved to be there at the scene when the baby was being born, he chose donkeys and horses to be witnesses. This is the way in which the Messiah came into this world. Yeah? From something so small, was birthed the greatest person in history that ever did exist. Ordinary people being used to do extraordinary things by God. That is you and I, friends. There's nothing special about us except that God wants to use us. And if we trust him, he's going to make amazing things come out of our lives. Amen. Let's stand and pray. Yeah, so Father, this morning, we want to thank you for just being able to look at the story of the birth of the Messiah and recognize that even in the story, 
there were people who had their own struggles, that had their own fears, that had questions in their minds. And yet you came to answer and to use those very people, Father God. And therefore, this morning as we're gathered here, Lord, we choose to trust you this morning. We look at the life of Mary. We look at what you've done through her. Somebody that's just so ordinary that we can relate to, Father God. And therefore, Lord, this morning I pray, Lord Jesus, where dreams have been shelved because there was a thought that it's too difficult, where people have become tired and weary of running after what you've called them to, Father God. This morning, I pray for restoration. This morning, I pray, Father God, for an understanding that nothing is impossible with you, Father God. That if we just believe in you, Father God, we will see these things happening in our lives, Father God. Lord, I pray that you remove doubt in our midst, oh, Father God. You remove fear in our midst, oh, Father God. You remove those voices that have been speaking the opposite of what you have been speaking to us this morning. We thank you, God, that you're the God of the impossible. And we say, yes, may it be done unto us according to your will, Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you. And we praise you for that, Daddy. The scripture, hope defers, makes the mind sick. But uh, I think it's a, it's a promise fulfilled. Um, I can't remember. Hope defers makes the mind sick, but a, a longing fulfilled. Um, it's a tree of life. Yeah. So I'm reminded of that scripture this morning, and I really, really sense that there are people here that things have happened in your life. And you really feel like you can't trust God to the level that you used to. Because the knocks have just been too hard. <laughs> you know? And even as you're going towards the end of the year, it's almost like you're like, I'm just going to go and just, yeah, just love life and just see what happens. But this morning, the Lord wants to remind you that He is still working in your life. Is there anyone like that this morning who just feels like your hope is deferred? Thank you. I see that hand. Is there anyone else? I want to pray with you this morning. I want to pray that the God in whom we trust will come through for us. In Jesus' name. Father, right now in the mighty name of Jesus, we just lift up each and every single person here with their hands lifted up to the King of glory, Lord Jesus, crying out to you, saying, God, only you can make this thing happen this morning, Father God. We pray, Lord Jesus, that you will answer because you're the God that answers, oh, Father God. Lord, we pray, Father God, that they will see you in the midst of the difficulty. They will see you in the midst of the storm. They will see you, Father God, in the midst of the words that have been spoken, oh, Father God. Lord, I thank you, Father God, that you give them strength, oh, Father God, to be able to stand on the word that you've given, Lord. In Jesus' name, we thank you for breakthrough. We thank you, Father God, that you're going to come through, oh, Father God, and you're doing a quick work. 
You are doing a quick work in the name of Jesus. Let's just add our faith to that. Father, we thank you that you are doing a quick work in the lives of our sisters and our brothers, oh Father God, that they can look to you and trust you this morning, oh Father God. In Jesus' name, we thank you and we praise you for that, Father. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. And this morning, if you don't know the Lord, it's very difficult to experience this favor. It's so difficult to trust Him and so difficult to know that He holds your future. So if you're here this morning and you have not given your life to the Lord, I really want to encourage you to take that step. So is there anyone this morning that haven't given their life to the Lord and you would love to do it today? Please just raise your hand. We want to pray with you this morning. Is there anyone? Thank you, Jesus. I see that hand. Is there anyone? Anyone else? If that's you, please just come to the front. We want to pray with you. Just come to the front. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Jesus. Mm. Yeah. Thank you, Jesus. Heaven is always rejoicing when a soul comes to God. And if you're here and you would like to recommit your life to the Lord as well, I would like to invite you to come to the front. God is always willing to take us back and restore us. So if that's you also, feel free to come to the front. Thank you, Lord. So Father, we just thank you. We thank you for what you've done by sending your son to die on the cross. We thank you, Lord Jesus, that you are God over our lives, Lord, that you're exalted. And we bless your holy name in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening. For more information about this podcast and other resources, please visit envintook.org.